0: It was all a pipe dream, watching bodyboarding up on TV, deep at Reef, watching tension repeats, eating bakery feeds at 18, living the dream with no sunscreen, yeah we were so keen, surfing Aussie pipe, buying Riptide, eating shit pies, maybe get
1: Good day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding
0: Podcast,
1: the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on our episode 7 of our Verbal Journaling and I'm your host Luke O'Connor. Our guest today reaches an undeniable flow state every time he hits the water. His crags can be seen far off in the distance, like the twelve stations of the cross, and his sharp creative eyes produce captures like no other. Please welcome Antonio Sariova. Antonio how Luke. Are
0: you? <laughs> good to hear from you. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, good intro. From you <laughs> I
0: feel absolutely flattered. <laughs>
1: Oh, bro, they're all true, man. Especially the um, crags, dude. Jeez Louise. I was only just watching back over one of your clips the other day, um, the 2022 mm-hmm. edit from Sniper, and
0: there's
1: some Craig's, man. You've barely ever seen <laughs> without Craig's in the air.
0: Thanks, man. Your country provided me for with uh, good uh, with good influences. So you're, the, you're part of it. You're part of it, for sure.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know about my style, man. I think I'm more of a... I um, think I'm more of an um, uh, untidy on bo- <laughs> type nah, of bodyboard. You're good, you're talking... good. I love
0: your control. It's not always about Craigs. It's about the rail game and the flow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: flow state. We're talking yeah. about um, influencers, man. You know, you, mm-hmm. you just mentioned the Aussie bodyboarders that um, that became, uh, came before both of us. What mm-hmm. um, or like who would you say uh, are, are some of your greatest influencers when it comes to Australian bodyboarding?
0: oh man it's uh well it's it's a good question and i don't want to go for like this usual standards like hardy and, and mitch but um i think i think you guys throughout like i don't know two three generations you had a lot of um a lot of good writers uh like John o. bruce novi um jake stone jordan Putland, charlie holt um all of them jacob hayne all of them they have uh, like a really particularly not not just style and technique, but um, their approach on waves are very unique. And I think it's kind of like trying to get a little bit from everyone and kind of, and then kind of shape your surfing. Um, Yeah. But I think that's, th- those are it. Like there's a few good generations around it that you guys yes. had. And I, I think uh, you kind of like export it. Throughout the whole world, and um, and I'm glad to to grow up with um, in this like really cool generation of the sport. Well, you can create um, you can create uh, I don't know like idols. <laughs> so so yeah,
1: almost role models. It's like I'm,
0: I'm role models person. exactly.
1: I'm loving yeah. their style. I want to take that away from it and put it into my game.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: Sick, man. And what about um, your favorite section? Like speaking about those riders, you know, Jake and Novi mm-hmm. um, and all the, all the fellas that you just mentioned really have struck a chord with me too and you look around at some of the sections they've produced. What would you say is your favorite bodyboarding section out of those generations?
0: Well, too many to name, especially nowadays where you get like kind of a bit overconsumed with with um, – with videos online and, and, and stuff. But, uh, I would say there's a few sections. I really like. Thomas Robinson's and, uh, I think it's the first, the second trash. Um, I really like it a lot. Um, I agree. I also like to see movies that are just not only about their writing, but also a little bit about their personality. Um, I think that's really important as well. Uh, but yeah, like there's something about those Todd Barnes movie that, that it, it gets in, into people, I think. Um, he showcases the, the writers and the level really well. So I'd say one of those. And I don't know. Fuck, fuck like I think Mitch already had released so many like timeless uh, sections. So So yeah, I think those are pretty much my core influences, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, beautifully, beautifully said. I um couldn't agree with you more. Todd Barnes is a
0: creative god. It's, yeah, I'm a big fan, a big fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's incredible to watch back on, on some of his clips and just see that they're timeless. You look at them
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this day and age and they still stand the test of time and that's probably the biggest testament to them. It's like, well, you're influencing style in this modern world and yet your mm-hmm. video's aren't that old you know what I mean but really going back to video
0: you probably yeah for sure for sure and also like growing up as a like a photographer and videographer like every time I watch it even like the old movies I, I still question myself like how the heck did he did he did this like um I don't know I think he was he's already he was already too advanced for his age I think so um so yeah, in terms of uh, video making uh, qualities and and aspects, I think he was uh, already like a few steps ahead.
1: Yeah, definitely, he was he was beyond his time. It's actually um, funny you mention him because I was only listening to a podcast the other day with him and Brendan Newton on the Gray Space, mm-hmm. and um, he was saying. Actually, this is probably about six months ago, I was was listening to this, and he was mentioning how he's really got into a great routine um, with filming, but also I'm filming, editing, but then also with meditation, and how Mm -hmm. he's utilizing certain parts of his day to clear his head out, and instead of just going full full ham and full hog at at all of his work work at once, he's now strategically trying to get his mind in a really good place,
0: um, I listened to it actually. I remember I listened to that podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you did you get a bit out of it?
0: I got it. Yeah, I, I loved it. And I actually I just saw this week with my with my girlfriend. Uh, we saw the the stab the the two recent stab episodes that he that he edited um, about how surf is getting paid. Oh, and, I haven't man, seen
1: them. I've seen them come up on YouTube, but I haven't you, like yet to watch them. Are they are they
0: worth yeah. it? Yeah, and it's sick. No, they're fully worth it. They they're incredible. In my opinion, so much, so much uh, content gathered, like archival content, that they that that he, that he edited so well and directed it. It's it's incredible. Isn't it and amazing
1: to see a person who is true core Bergen? It's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Over to the surfing realm, and I know they're both water sports, but they're both. Uh-huh. They both have like slight similarities, but they're complete polar opposites in in a lot of ways. And for him to be yeah. cruising on in and blowing people's minds in the surfing world, it just shows what a talent he is all round.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. No, the man is talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's funny to see that it's not only because I also see it happening in um, in videography. I see a lot of uh, a lot of guys who surfers are working with. Um, uh, like shooting in the water and out of the water. And most of the like the best names, they come from bodyboarding. So isn't you can that, see like...
1: Isn't that just a, 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 an amazing pattern you see emerging? And in, 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 in my view, just to uh-huh. sum it up quickly, I would say that because we get put in such adverse conditions and we don't exactly. have the funding and we don't have the resources all at our fingertips that yeah the cream rises to the top there because they've got to work so hard they've got to strive so hard they've got to put in the hours instead of having it served on them served Uh to them sorry on a silver platter
0: yeah and I think we have a master's on sitting on the deep on the inside as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely man definitely wanting those ones that are just sneaking up on the ledge you know I've got probably a little bit more water in them, but they don't seem as tall, but when they unload, you're on that little inside sneaky corner, and you're getting hit yeah. out of
0: your brain. Dude, it, it brings some it brings some, some pride out of uh, our community, I'd say.
1: For sure. It's really For good sure. to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good to see. Isn't,
1: um, isn't our good friend Pina working with Nick Von Krupp?
0: Yeah, he, uh, he did a few projects. Um, now he's totally freelance, uh, but he did a few projects with him. I'd say like, the start of Von Froth episode started um, started with him. Um, but yeah, like Pina, is Pina, working, he's in the business. He worked already with WSL as well. And uh, he did a uh, Steph's movie for clip for, for Pride. And he's just a full passionate um, video maker, especially when it comes to the sport. He, he loves it. He loves it.
1: Oh, man. Passion is, is, is one word, but, y- you you know, and just not in... Um, filmmaking just in, in life in general he has an energy yeah. about him that is incredible
0: I mean he jumped with us on a three month trip to Australia like uh, just for, for the pure passion of it like without even getting paid pretty much he just <laughs> he just jumped on board like I, we only met him me and To we only met him like before the trip a few months before and as soon as we, we told we told him about the idea he was his eyes were sparkling <laughs>
1: It just shows the character of the man, eh, just wanting to yeah, exactly. wanting to get involved. But, you know, and even all the other people that have um, encountered his personality, they all just say, like, my, you know, Lozzie, my wife, she is obsessed with him. She's just like, (laughs) Ryan Hart, one of my, my very good friends, he's just like, man... He, he'll sometimes still mention moments when you guys are over on that two thousand. Oh, my trip, God. You know, and like he'll be like just calling out one liners or putting on that passionate, you know, Portuguese voice. The boys from the north. It was just. The, boy- so, <laughs> so, the so boys from good. the
0: north. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I'm missing it already. Please oh take us back there to, the, to those times. I loved it. Right?
1: Dude, they were simpler times because we had no idea what was coming up. And you exactly. guys nailed it. You, yourself, Antonio Cardoso, and Pina just went to another level.
0: Like, Dude, really, that was mental. That luck, was, a, you know that what was what a sick trip. Yeah. Man, looking back, like, I just want it, to, it's hard nowadays. Like, um, you know, like, people grow up, like, times change, and it's hard to kind of, like, reproduce it again. So these are memories that are going to be forever. Like, they're going to be very fond. They're going to be kept in, in our heart forever. So oh, For
1: sure. And the swells you guys got too, man. Like, you, you definitely lucked out. You had two, yeah. was it two
0: or three trips to the desert? No, we pretty much stayed the, the whole three months, I'd say. Like, we, we stayed in total, like, two months. Because uh, we only did, like, what, like, two, three trips back to the East Coast?
1: Yeah, okay. I think we stayed yeah, a lot yeah. of
0: time in the desert yeah we only, we only drove I think we drove a lot we chased it a lot um, oh, you did during those three the months hours
1: we were crazy. Can you give us a bit of a chronological rundown of that trip so you flew into Sydney uh-huh. obviously
0: Yeah we flew into Sydney uh, we, we, we grabbed the, the, the big motor home. <laughs> uh, we got scared at the start because we, we were a bit skeptical on bringing that to to some remote places. Um, and yeah, the first night I remember we stayed at your place. Um, and on the next morning, uh, we took off, we took off cause there was a, there was a good swell hitting, uh, hitting South Australia. So we took off and then we only came back like, I don't know, like a month and a half after. Um, but I remember like you call this for a swell, this swell that hit depot. I think you called us for this swell. And then last minute, I don't know, we, we hesitated and we kind of drove back. We, we, we drove halfway, but we hesitated. And if it was going to be that good, and then we, we kind of drove back, but then we drove back. You tell us, no, come on, let's go, go, go. And then we drove again. So it was, um, yeah, it was, there was was a few crazy, a few crazy missions.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, and, and that was so worth it. Man, no, it was, guys fully, guys worth it. It was fully worth it. It was fully worth it. Yeah, man, yeah, goodness, yeah. That, yeah. that was amazing. That got was, you know, and yourself and everyone else out there obviously got some amazing pits, but Antonio no, Stole the show. Oh, yeah, that was for
0: the books. Absolutely. Toad got the sickest wave um, oh, man. of man, I, I watch
1: that wave back sometimes, and I'm just like, it was so perfect because he got the chip yeah. in, almost like a roll chip in, where it, uh-huh. it, it 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 kinda missed that first bit of the, the reef and then grew down the yeah. line and he had the perfect line and time just to sit up and be mm-hmm. engulfed by it had to be a fifteen foot tube.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's it it was so thick. It just hit the reef perfectly. It was super thick and and, and perfect. Like um and I think I think he was he was manifesting it since the since before the trip started. He was already manifesting with a wave like that. So that I think that's fully what made him got that wave.
1: Yeah, that's that's powerful thinking, you eh? know, like just mentally yeah. going, I'm getting this done. I know there's a big wave out there for me. And isn't it funny just to say, you know, from people outside of bodyboarding and the surfing world and, <laughs> you know, I've even had conversations with some people and I use the term, oh, I'm going down for a swell or, or like I'm really keen to catch this wave. And sometimes, yeah. you know, the, the, the people either from r- rural areas or nothing to do with water sports at all, just mm-hmm. turn to me and go, but what if you miss the wave? And I'm like, yeah. what? And, and they're just like, what if you go that whole way and you miss the wave? I'm like, there's plenty of waves. I'm just talking about that one wave that's going to be the memorable session. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's, like, it's so funny to think that you're, you're just going down there, obviously for a swell, and you're, and you're going for a good time, but you've got this thought process in your head that there's going to be that one wave, you know, that one exactly. wave that is just going to light up your eyes. It's going to stir those emotions inside your stomach and you're going to, you're going to remember it for the rest of your days.
0: Yeah. No. And when it comes to Tor, he's, he's such a fiery character that um all he can think of is, is, is waves and getting the best wave of his life. So and this comes since since I since I met him when I was a kid, and that made him accomplish everything that he got so far and get incredible rides. So it's he's, he's a, when it comes to chasing waves, he's he's one of the most inspiring humans I've I've ever met. And I love doing trips with him because it's guaranteed that I'm going to get amazing waves.
1: Yeah, because he's a full wave addict. Like he's got yeah, fully,
0: fully, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But it's a great addiction to have. It's, it's you know, mm-hmm. we, we're all looking for that dopamine hit and that and that high. And unfortunately, a lot yeah. of people get it through their mobile phones these days. But to have that mindset to be like, I'm going to hunt out the most craziest waves in the most remote locations, and travel halfway across the world from the northern hemisphere mm-hmm. to the southern hemisphere, take uh, a a pretty big motorhome out to some pretty isolated <laughs> locations with not much like there was obviously planning there but you know you guys were like we're just going and I'm like oh yeah oh my God. there's no 4 drive access there's no way of really getting you out of trouble did you even have a first a kit on that that um, motorhome
0: I honestly have no idea well but it's we, we never actually needed it but uh, I'm sure there was but we 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 never used it in
1: just for a caution yeah. to the wind caution to the wind
0: I don't know. Yeah. It was a bit looking back. It was a bit irresponsible. And actually, I remember that first well that we drove, um, that we took off from your place straight to, to South Oz. We wanted to surf this wave, but because it was a motor, because it was a motor home, we just, we couldn't get to that wave. Like we needed a four wheel drive. So we, the first day, we missed it. <laughs> we actually <laughs> missed it. <laughs> Yeah, but it paid off because on the days after we managed to surf um, other waves, and and then later on the trip, um, these uh, we we also had some Portuguese guys that were traveling on um, the west in the west coast, and we met halfway, so we met in the desert, and they had a four wheel drive, and then for the rest of the trip we we traveled with them, and we managed to get access to those. things to the four wheel drive, we managed we managed to get access to these uh, to these hard places to get. So perfect. That was yeah. Was that,
1: was that Simão?
0: That was Simão, Guy and uh, Miguel.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Funny crew.
0: Enjoyed.
1: Funny crew. <laughs> oh, so sick, man! Yeah, epic, epic. So, you guys were you guys were on the hunt, and you got a yeah. pretty good year. Like there were definitely some swells.
0: There were, there were. Like, but the funny thing is that I would never imagine, uh, I would never imagine, uh, imagine myself to see those many Portuguese in the middle of nowhere. There was yeah. even. There was even Gabriel, this Argentinian guy that we that we randomly like met him. We knew him. We met him before, like we knew it, we knew him um, from a few trips he did to to Portugal, and all of a sudden, like we bumped into him in a um, in a roadhouse, like in the middle of the desert. We were like, "Dude, this is the most random thing ever. What are you doing here?" So at some point, we were like. Kinda raving in the middle of the desert, just a bunch of Portuguese guys and to, and and an Argentinian.
1: <laughs> so epic. I, I remember having Gabby over too. He's a lovely fellow. He's a, isn't yeah. he a male a male model also? Uh
0: yeah, he did a few like big jobs as a male model. Yeah. He did. I think now he's uh he's in north of Spain, uh working as a like surf coach. But Galicia? Um, in Galicia, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no yeah.
1: Way. I just love saying yeah. the word. Galicia.
0: Galicia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, back to um, the Roadhouse Man in, in the middle of the desert. Are you talking about the one that Kathy and Mark ran?
0: No, no, no. Actually, it's not that one. Um, I'm sorry. It, it wasn't a roadhouse. It was like a petrol station, I think. And we were just, um, you know, like filling the motorhome with water and stuff. And we just saw this in the I can't remember. I think it was around Nandru or something. Oh uh, yeah, okay, or yeah, Seduna. Yeah. I can't exactly remember, but um, but yeah. So it was in a very remote place, and we just saw this four wheel drive with two, Argentinian guys, and it was yeah. So it was a it was a really good encounter.
1: <laughs> it was fate. It was definitely fate.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Oi, <laughs> hey, um, speaking about you know meeting cool people and and influences your mm-hmm. life and all that kind of jazz. I wanted to ask you quickly. Well, I wanted to say three words to you and see what um, what first came to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Boss it
0: up. Oh my god! <laughs> the coolest words ever,
1: <laughs> dude. And I was only speaking to my boss at work, Sean. Sean Cooper. Shout out to Coops. I probably give him a shout out. To everybody, but um, he was only speaking about the influence that 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 movie or those that, that series had mm-hmm. on. Um, Portuguese and European bodyboarding. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Um,
0: yeah, 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 sure, sure. Uh, I think um, so. Bossed it up. Uh, they were kind of like this uh, group of friends um, that, I mean, we looked up to them when um, at at like at our local breaks, and we, we kind of wanted to get their level and managed to surf like these reef breaks from Set as, as well as them and they were also like really cool guys just putting movies to making parties um making stuff happening in in the bodyboarding community and uh they really had a good vibe like um was a bit different was a bit more open-minded than than the conservative uh portuguese mentalities that sometimes you find uh you find around here and i think that inspired us a lot and Kinda of like replicating the same vibes in, in our group of friends.
1: So if you can just elaborate a little bit more because that that, that comment just struck me in regards mm-hmm. to the conservative nature of bodyboarding over in, in Portugal compared to the boss it up series. What do you what do you mean there? Um well I mean I think
0: in Portugal like there's always this is a sport that it's. Um, I'd say it's a bit. It, it can get a bit territorial sometimes, and um, and I mean, in even nowadays, you see, you see, st- you still see a, lo- a bit of localism in in a few areas, and and I don't know, like you know, for example, like rocking up at the lineup, and there's like a dude sitting alone, and you just you just greet him, So, so you say hi to him, and sometimes they don't even answer back to you. It's just. Like, simple things like this that kind of make me look back and think about how conservative, like, Portugal can be. Like, and and with when it comes to these guys, like, for example, if, if they saw anyone doing, like, a, a nice wave in front of them, they were, like, cheering them, you know? Like, a bit different from what you see in the Portuguese waters, um, where they kind of, like, I don't know, a bit too self-obsessed on... Like, they have to be the ones getting the good ones at their local spots. Like, they it's a bit like a bit like that, kind of. Yeah, and no, no, seeing, I
1: know exactly what you're, you're talking about. It's almost jealousy and competitiveness, and exactly. It's not even a competitive. healthy competitive
0: yeah. com- competition, it's just uh ego, I think. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah, and the bossy crew they were changing that, they were changing that. I think it was it was really nice to share uh ways with them everywhere and and they were also guys that they like to travel for waves they were not only sitting on the same local spots so so yeah that's that was it i think
1: where did they originate from so what part of portugal
0: uh lisbon lisbon and then some of them they moved to irisada um but they're pretty much based in in lisbon yeah
1: epic so nice and central can kind of go a little bit north to the NAS yeah. and and areas and kind of go south. Exactly.
0: To the, some of the exactly, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Dude, speaking about waves, you've obviously just you're almost just out of summer. You guys are, are mm-hmm. almost into to autumn. Has there been any um any seasonal changes you've seen? Any any changes in like the water, or have you um have you checked the banks at Nazaré? Um, Has the sand built up? What's what's going on?
0: Yeah, what I do feel is that especially from late from last season, but. Let's see, like, over the last 10 years, I've been realizing that um, the seasons have been a bit delayed. So they've been starting, I remember, like, I don't know, like 10, 15 years ago, um, I would say, like, September. at September, we started have, to have, like, really good swells. And now it's been shifting a bit more because, for example, last year, it only started to pump, like, I'd say, like, late December. But then wow. January, February, March... This last season was incredible. It was like non-stop, back-to-back swells every single week. It was actually, I would say it was too intense, actually, because we just wanted to rest and <laughs> even trying to feel a bit, a bit of that FOMO again to serve, and, um, and we just we, we didn't have time to rest or think. We just had to go mission after mission.
1: <laughs> and that was still during COVID, huh?
0: uh yeah but COVID was that, that was already like i'm talking about this 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 year this january february march um so we didn't had we could travel already um
1: oh, that's great that's great okay cool. yeah but during it was, it was covid a little bit yeah during
0: covid was a bit complicated like uh it was hard to surf. like at the first month the government was like oh surfing they, they didn't have any law regarding surfing so the first month people like kept surfing but then they start they they realized that people was um that people was uh, out of home chasing waves and they wanted to keep people at home so then they they prohibited um surfing for a few months so how was so, that yeah. man
1: was that a real hard time within the community
0: yeah a little bit a little bit especially because um i'd say for example if you live in like a more remote place you can you can always manage to find some secluded beaches to surf. Um, but the people who live, like, for example, in Lisbon or Irrisada, like main surfing, like main main cities and towns, uh, they struggled a bit. I feel like they struggled a bit. And then also there were, like, a bit of – because we have a lot of beach camps and there was a, a few, like – People patrolling on the uh, even inside the bodyboarding and the surfing community. So, whenever they turned the beach game on and they saw someone in the water, they were calling the police saying that, Oh, if I can't surf, these guys can't surf either. So, it was uh, a bit complicated. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's so lame to hear. Like, I, I yeah. understand they put in. Certain parameters and whatever to to stop the spread or whatever the theory was behind it. I just can't yeah. believe. You know, it's it's. I I can believe it because it's human nature. You know, you want what you can't have and all this kind of exactly.
0: stuff. Exactly.
1: I, I understand, but at the same time, it's pretty goddamn lame when people are ringing yeah. up the copper dogs to get mm-hmm. someone ripped out of water <laughs> when they're clearly yeah. bathing. And I, I, I know it's the whole thing. I can't do it, but. Just like be stoked that they're getting their little fix and maybe, like, they're, gonna be a, they're gonna be a better person to deal with, you know what I mean, and they're gonna yeah. be happy as Larry and uh, yeah I, I can see both sides, but it's just like mm-hmm. don't be dobbing on your mates.
0: yeah yeah, yeah, no, but it was it was funny I, I remember like this day that um uh, I was with Pierre and we we got out of the water and this uh at this bommie and everyone in the car park was getting identified by the police and but most of them like while some was were getting identified the others were like already getting into their cars and and running away from them and me and pierre like we we came out of the water like last and and yeah we got we got we got identified by the police and pierre was so he was so worried about oh dude and are are they going to send the 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 fine to to our places like how much it will be like I don't know. Like it's, I think it's going to be really expensive. I've even, I'm, I'm even a bit scared of going to jail or something like that because I have Benjamin at home, and so it was, <laughs> it was a, it was a nervous situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everyone was definitely, most certainly on edge, and and I yeah. can understand why. Why? Sorry, it was, it was front page. It was um, a lot of, a lot of uh information was getting spread around, and people didn't know which mm-hmm. way was up. So yeah, it, it, it would be confronting, especially doing something that. It's your pastime, it's your passion, it's your job. Like for Pierre, it's definitely his job. Um, Exactly. A little bit unnerving. When you say um, "bombing," I'm thinking about that beautiful left-hander you have there. I'm not going to name names, but is that the place you were talking about? Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Oh my. You have a good feeling
0: for these things.
1: (laughs) Oh, I could tell straight away. I was just like, that wave, that wave is a pristine wave. Sorry, go on.
0: I know, I was just going to say that after after getting out of uh, like an intense surf, like an intense situation, you get straight into another one. So, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, got so challenges the, nerves were the
1: water and out the water.
0: Exactly, exactly, yeah.
1: Have you ever had um, a real serious challenge out that way where you
0: thought this might be the end? Um, I think... I think I had – I never thought it would be the end, but I thought I would have to take a really big breath already. And it wasn't even surfing. It was uh, actually this day that I was shooting in the water with uh, with Gaston. And there were like one or two big sets on that day that uh, that it gave us second second thoughts, I, I'd say. But everything worked out well. Yeah, everything worked out well.
1: Do you feel sometimes at that wave that – and there's, there's some certain waves at home here that a lot of photographers mm-hmm. – um converse back and forth with surfers and bodyboarders and they and they kind of express their feelings of it's actually harder mm-hmm. to shoot this wave than surf it. Do you feel like on certain days there is that sort of mm-hmm. element at, at that wave where you're in the channel shooting and what you think is the channel and um yeah. then the whole ocean just rears up in front of you?
0: Uh-huh. absolutely, absolutely. I think actually I think most of the especially the reef breaks around here in Portugal they don't feel as organized as um as in Australia. So, for example, in most of the spots, there's no deep channel, so waves can like clean up sets. They can come every time, every now and then, and it makes it really hard to, to sit on the right spot. So, yeah, even on these big bombies, sometimes it's it's even it, it, it's even there's even bigger closeouts in the channel depending on the swell direction um, than actually like sitting out there on the on the peak. So um, so yeah I'd say and without a surf without a bodyboard also like swimming without a bodyboard makes you move slower so things can get a bit intense and exhausting sometimes yeah I'd say it's it's a really good training for bodyboarding as well um I'd say I I I loved it I love it since I started water photography it's um I think it it brought me a bit of knowledge in that way and cuz also cuz some surfs, like you, you come back home and you look at the pictures, you, you kind of study the wave on. you can study it well, like where, where where can you, if you're surfing, where can you take off next time, like how deep you can be. And, and yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good asset for, for bodyboarders.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. It's a different perspective to just see what is possible and what isn't possible mm-hmm. on a wave or what you deem yeah. Deemed not possible, I guess. Everyone's pushing the boundaries. But yeah, that's that that's really cool. And it's putting another string to your bow, man. Like you're you're seeing it through, you know, a different lens, so to speak. Don't don't mm-hmm. mind the play on words there. But um you know, and, and like you're you're still getting the fitness at that time, you're still getting the kicking, um, you're still getting the like the breath work in, you're analyzing yeah. the wave itself, it's it's great. And you've been uh you've got a huge creative outlet there, you know, to be able to, 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 to film and shoot. Have you been doing much um, shooting or, or, or filming lately?
0: Um, I've been doing a lot. Like, I, I do it as a living. Um, but um, shooting in the water, uh, I do it mostly in winter. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's always a bit of a, I don't know, because I love shooting in the water, but I always prefer surfing. So I do it when it comes to work. If, it's, uh, if I get hired or something, I'll... I'll I'll do sure. it, but um, but yeah, I, if the waves are good and if it's if if it's not too crowded, uh, I rather bodyboard as well. For sure. So for every sure. time I... I manage to do both, uh, sometimes I manage to do both, but uh, it's 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 hard. It's a bit of a a workout.
1: <laughs> what have you been doing recently with your work with shooting and filming? Um, What's been the um the main the main focus
0: lately? Uh, I've been working a lot with brands, like shooting um. Shooting for like catalogs. Um, I started like because shooting like sh- choosing surfing as um as the, as your main industry to work with. Uh, you quickly throughout the writers. You quickly kind of get in contact directly with brands, and then sometimes it's not so much about surfing and but more about products. So they sometimes it I don't know they just send um. They just send like a few products to their riders, and I just have to do pretty much um, shooting their uh, shooting these uh, these products with them with the team riders. Or sometimes I even what have to find like- models. A
1: pair of board shorts, a watch, a hat. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah.
0: More like, for example, summer collections, winter collections. Uh, I like it when you can take these products to do, to the water because I feel a bit more creative uh, in the water. But mostly like beach wear. And and everything is related to the ocean. So basically, the my environment it, it still keeps being the the beach and the ocean. Life's a beach, man. Life's a yeah, beach. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, are you still uh, riding for sniper boards?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Been riding for I don't know, I, I can't remember, but at least ten years already. Yeah, it's yeah. been ages, eh? Around ten years, yeah
1: so good I I was only watching your um infinity clip you, you dropped uh, in February this year that oh. was that was epic man that was slow-mo and that was that was really thanks, cool man. thanks and thanks I, thanks and I loved how um you had that air reverse from the short circuit comp in there too just remind oh. me how <laughs> flipping big that air reverse was
0: <laughs> man that was so unexpected it was it was funny cause like using the wind the winch is not easy like it's um there's a lot of factors to make it um, to make it work, and and it, it paid off. That was actually the last wave of the session after like four hours and trying to get uh, a decent launch. So so yeah, I'm glad everything worked out on that. Like even the like all the batteries were running running down. Like and then you know like when you have a, a winch at the um, at the break wall, you you can't have crowds, otherwise they could get chopped off by the rope. So, um, so I remember we had to stop her for like an hour or two because like two or three guys decided to jump on the lineup. And, and you know, there was a, a few things happening. And then last minute, like as soon as they left and just before the tide got, uh, got too low, we managed to, I managed to find that, that, um, that wave that, that got me that high. <laughs> Dude,
1: looking back on the footage and, and the way you can analyze it from the different angles it was filmed at, Obviously, the winch helps heaps, and and you know you've mm-hmm. seen other people around the world be you know really good exponents of that, like Crow over in um, mm-hmm. Brazil. Like you know he's he's been doing some amazing stuff with it for ages. I know he's got his own brand and his own um his own products in regards in in regards to winches. But mm-hmm. you know just being able to see the way you approached it and the way you. You got that dreamy bowl that came in and and like the biggest thing that impressed impressed me the most was the way you drove towards the bowl and the timing in which you possessed to hit it and and I know there's a lot of trial and error like you know I've I've, mm-hmm. I've I've heard you speak about it before, but to get that feeling of completion, you know like I know you didn't land the move as such, but the and you, there was no way you should have landed landed down the flats or that you. probably yeah. <laughs> Have to have your stomach tied back or something, but... Um, I think so. Yeah, it still gave me a,
0: a good whiplash.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was hectic. You were up like, you know, 15 feet in the air, man. But like, it was just the way it all came together. That that perfect wedge that just came towards mm-hmm. you as you got towed into it. Like, you know, the timing of that air was mm-hmm. sublime, man. Like, it was so, so perfect. It wasn't a second or a millisecond too early not a millisecond too late, it, it like how did it feel man like when you took off like fucking rocket man by elton john how,
0: how did it feel? <laughs> dude it just feels so weightless and but at the same time like the approach it's it's kind of like a bit of um a mix of like body awareness and um and intuition but i just remember like thinking like try to hold the rope as long as you can and then fortunately like it just it wedged off like usually it's, it's hard to find a, wedge, a wave that wedges in that in that break wall and somehow it just that managed to happen and i think that that helped on getting that extra um, those extra feet in the air but yeah i just remember being up there and then when i looked down i saw the whole bottom and i was a little bit afraid of being too close to the break wall so i was like looking up in the air looking down seeing like the flat sand bottom and hoping not to not to land on a rock. So <laughs> that's why I kinda like try to belly flop. So so I couldn't I couldn't like touch the, um, the bottom. So so yeah, yeah but yeah. I remember like coming up like had like I was like I had no air on my lungs and <laughs> and at the same time like the boys were like screaming and I was like in pain but it was just, I, I just want to cheer but it was such a it was such a funny moment. And Marcio, like Marcio is the guy who who has the winch? He's uh He's also such a good. He's such a good, um, guy with the winch. Like he, he knows how to time waves really well, and 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 he knows how to put you on the right one, and and yeah, he has he also has. Yeah, I, I didn't know this, but he was the um, he was actually the first guy to bring tower to Portugal uh, a few years ago with uh, Hugo Pinheiro. So his thing is he just loves jet skis and. And motorized stuff so so yeah, he's he's the right guy to, to do it.
1: Yeah, well you got the time and spot on there man because that For was sure, the yeah, the best entries into that contest of the year by
0: far. Yeah, I would say it's it's more of the I'd say that the, the guy behind the the engine has um, he has a lot more he should have a lot more credit than the rider because it's it's so hard to especially with the winch that it's it's fixed on a on the right spot and you can't just See, for example, if in the middle of the beach you see a set coming, you just drive there and try to get as many waves as you can. Like with the winch, it, it takes more time, and things have to be a bit more calculated.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think it, that is probably portrayed in the way you were describing it of the slight frustration throughout the day of you know so many different mm-hmm. factors come into play and trying to nail it down. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I can I can only imagine who was um who who was there riding with you because so I'm pretty sure. Mini was there, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, it was with Mini. Actually, the the photo sequence was... Um, we were doing turns, like, uh, with between the winch and the camera. So, Mini was the one who got the the photo sequence. And then the video, the iPhone video, was uh, from a fisherman. So, it was funny because the fisherman filmed that because he thought that machine was, like, to to get fish. <laughs> so, he <it> was like... <laughs> he, st- he, he, he just took the phone right before that air happened and... I remember Marcio. I saw. I look at Marcio, and Marcio like started to run towards him because he realized someone was filming, and no one had. Um, everyone ran out of batteries in the camera. Uh, so, oh my So yeah, goodness. I was that lucky that Minnie got the photo. Oh, so yeah. lucky Antonio! Oh, I was super lucky. That was like. I, I'm telling you, we put like for that to happen, we put like four or five hours um, throughout the whole morning. Yeah. Just worth it, man.
1: Worth every second of it. And it's like yeah. Antonio Cardoso was manifesting that that amazing wave that he, yeah. that he got on the very recent trip to Australia. You manifested
0: that toe out. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Minnie did. Mini also did. I'm I'm happy. Mini uh, has been on board with me um, for this kind of uh, for these kind of um, missions because he also loves the winch. And it's 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 sick. It's all it's always a good time that we have at the beach. We we have to wake up before dark and then so so the, the, the lineup doesn't get crowded and like we all help Marcio bring the the winch to the to the break wall and set it up and then after after the session we all go for, for a big lunch. So it's it's kinda like it's it's a program. It's a it's a sick program that we, we enjoy doing it.
1: You guys must love it so much because it's quite rare for Europeans to get up before the sun comes up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you I remember, know the culture really well. <laughs> oh,
1: dude, I do, man. When I was staying with you guys over in Portugal, whoever's house I was at, I just knew that if we, and you guys go to Bedway later, so it's all it's all evened out, but us yeah. Australians, or especially me anyway, and lozzie we would always pass out at like nine or ten and be yeah, up ready yeah, to go yeah. at 6 or 7 in the morning, and you guys are up till all hours of the wee, you know, the wee morning, like 1, yeah. 2 a.m., it's pretty sad, and they're not kind of ready to go until 9 or 10, and it's, um, yeah, it's just the small things that we noticed over there, which
0: mm-hmm.
1: which, is, which, is, which is good in some ways, but do you ever feel like that the morning, you might have missed something in the morning? For those I do feel... Ways?
0: I do feel. And regarding that, I, I, I must say, I'm a new man. I'm, I'm different. <laughs> 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 no, I've been, I've been, yeah, especially since, um, like in winter, I really enjoy waking up early before, uh, before daylight, um, uh, especially for surfing. Um, I love the missions and I really don't mind waking up super early, but in summer it gets a little bit hotter also because, I don't know. You get you get daylight, you get sunlight until almost 10 p.m. And even though I try to force myself to go to bed like at nine and close close the close the windows uh, and the curtains, like from having that amount of light in your eyes for so many hours, it just turns your it, it just makes it harder for your brain to switch off. So even if I stroll in bed for like 9 p.m., uh, like at, I, I go to bed at like at 8:30 and then i stroll in, i keep strolling in bed until like eleven sometimes but yeah like i've been especially since um i've been with my partner christina she's uh she's an Austrian so she's got that little bit of a german um let's say like german uh method uh, i've been i've been waking up super early <laughs> sick i <laughs> and I'm loving,
1: loving, the mornings, loving the mornings
0: loving the mornings.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it can be the best part of the day. What, what, what have you guys been doing in the morning? Has there been any, any, um, any, any um, sort of like activities you, you, you regularly do?
0: Yeah, usually, for example, Christina just likes to wake up and she doesn't eat in the morning. So usually she just packs and goes straight to the beach for a quick surf before work. And I like to have a bit of a slow morning, even though if I wake up, even if I wake up super early. I like to to make a nice breaky, a coffee. So I like my routine. And then even if I have to wake up like an hour and a half before um, before leaving home, I keep I don't know I, I keep enjoying these these morning routines. But um, but yeah, after that, like we we wake up, kind of make breakfast. Either we go for a surf early morning and then come back home for work, or or yeah, or we just stay at the beach the whole morning and then and then yeah. But uh, enjoy, make the most out of out of the day, and come back home early.
1: Oh man, summer in yeah. Europe! You're making me jealous. We've just come through a pretty yeah. cold and rainy winter here in Oz, especially for our standards. Oh. There's been a lot more rain on the east coast because of the La Nina pattern that we're we're currently in, yeah. and and um, there's been some some different. Some different moments, because usually even in our winter months, you can still get away with the sun on your back and you can hide behind mm-hmm. a cliff in a sudley or a Southwester and it still feels like you know the old twenty twenty two degree day so it's 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 mm-hmm. pretty nice but and obviously not comparing to to your winters because you guys get some some fierce winters, man, like even
0: when I was there. it in... is, but it's not as uh it's not so different to us, I feel like yeah, I, yeah, think, you that, that, yeah, I think the Winter winter in Oz can be quite harsh as well. the only thing that makes a difference is the temperature of the water. I feel in Portugal it's way colder.
1: So Yeah, um, yeah. it is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind I the guess... cold air
0: temperature, but the cold water it's it sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that it's a hard one to get motivated. I I, yeah. I fully get you. Yeah. We've been lucky with our water to stay pretty warm warm this year. That's been a good benefit of Nina. But I think yeah. maybe not so much the cold too. Like you are right. Like they, they, they can be similar climates, but it's more so we're not used to just having that many dark rainy days where we're so much mm-hmm. we're, so, we're so much more used to um, experiencing like that sun on our back and that vitamin D and just the and the yeah. vibes that that comes with it. We're like a sun-drenched nation that has gone through a bit of a weird, darker period. It's probably just a you know just mm-hmm. a, a pattern and whatever it is, but it you see a huge um, Shift in your mood, you know. You you really do it from week to week. I'm sure you just, you know, just coming out of summer now. To the last couple of days, like you, sh- I'm sure you've been on a high because it's just like everything comes to life. It's so much warmer. Everything's good. And you guys have had a crazy warm summer this this year, I believe.
0: Yeah, we had a few heat waves. Um, we had, we already had a few heat waves where it got like 40. Like there was like even. In the middle of Portugal, in the interior, it even got like forty-seven in some places. Wow! Yeah, but then the water steeps, still gets still it's still freezing. So I, I would even say that the water in in summer it's it's colder than than in winter because we get north swells and with north wind. So so yeah, it's it's pre cold. It's not just the difference of the temperature, like the shock. It's it's really the um, I really think it's because of the swell direction that makes the water so so cold in summer.
1: Yeah, the Atlantic. Oh, the yeah. Atlantic.
0: And sometimes it's in summer, even when the waves... Well, it's it's really hard to find sometimes motivation to surf crappy waves. Um, because of that, the water is just so cold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you um, talking about waves, man? Have you been surfing your favorite wedge in Lisbon?
0: Not much. Not much. No. Well, in summer it's uh, it's pretty much too small for it. So, but the season is about to start. Um, also, like it, it kind of needs it needs a bit of a flat time, so it so it creates good bank, so it can create a good bank there. So I'd say like it's a matter of, uh, of weeks until it starts breaking. But yeah, I do I do miss it. I love that place.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's just a playground. That's an aquatic playground. That
0: joint. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, I, unfortunately, I. I even during the season, I can't surf it as much as um, as before because I moved to to um, but I I've been living away. You're not in Lisbon anymore. No, no, no. I haven't been in Lisbon for the last three years. I think. Yeah. Oh my
1: goodness! Because I moved to Nazaré when I... Yeah.
0: So when I came back from that Australian trip, I pretty much moved to Nazaré, and stayed there for two years, and then and then yeah, I moved. Um, and then I moved last year to to Ediseta. So it's still like to go to Lisbon every day to that wedge, It's um, sometimes I don't have time for it. So, yeah, I I always try to go whenever it's uh, the right swell.
1: For sure, for sure. And you, like living in Nazareth, man, please tell me about that. Like were you hanging out with Strogi and going to handball games?
0: Yeah, (laughs) Strogi, he was actually on the first year, um, he was my neighbor. He was the guy living right next to me. So so yeah, 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 we had I, I loved it. I always wanted to I, w- I always wanted to try to to spend some more time there because, um every time I used to I feel like I have a good connection with that place, and that place has so much energy, and me and my friends like we we used to camp there a lot when the waves are good and and be be welcome be well welcomed by the by the locals, so we 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 really love it out there and I don't know. And then I came out of um, a lifestyle where I was working in a production company in Lisbon uh, like pretty much full time. And I said, no, I want to after this, I I, I want a bit more time for surfing, even though if I earn a bit a little bit less. So I'm going to start um, I'm going to start I'm going to try to jump into the surf industry. So when I moved to Nazareth, it wasn't just only about surfing. Um, was also to try to get uh, a bit into the surfing industry and try to get photo- footage and get in contact with uh, with some brands and stuff. Because, yeah, like the last, the last few years, Nazare has been so hyped with this big wave thing that um, I thought it would be a good opportunity um, and a good way to do it, yeah.
1: Have you seen many, you know, vast changes in the Nazare community since um, that wave has been placed firmly on the um the global big wave man
0: mm-hmm. yeah it, it fully changed it changed from being like um i don't know no one knew about not even the portuguese people they they would have given credit to Nazareth 10 years ago and then there was a big boom after Garrett McNamara um came here and and put the wave on the map everything changed no one realized it was actually like the, the biggest wave in the planet and, and yeah, the body waters were already out there, but of course, like on the, on the huge days, you, you can't paddle. So Gary was kind of like the first one to bring the logistics to surf it, uh, to tow it. And, and yeah, after that, it was just, there was such an exponential growth that nowadays it's like a fully different country. It's so touristic nowadays. And there's, uh, there's people everywhere at the lighthouse, um, lots of people in the water, um, yeah it it also helped out a lot on the on the local business um but yeah like it's i don't know it, sometimes it feels weird looking back and we remember like being there getting waves all day and not not a soul at the beach um and now it's it's impossible it's it never happens again so um so yeah i'd say it changed a lot
1: yeah wow wow um do you feel like nazare itself has has influenced your life and the way you bodyboard because I know, you know, you're speaking about yourself and the crew and 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 all the fellas that continually go surf it. Do you feel like that's 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 been a, a huge instrumental part in in who you are today as a bodyboarder?
0: Um. Yeah. For sure, it's the place um where I'm where I made my best. Bodyboarding memories. There's two places in the world. Like one, I'd say it's the first one. I'd say it's Nazaré for the for the friendship um, I developed out there. Um, I'd say the best moments I had with with my with my good friends were were at Nazaré. Uh, we camped there for like I remember like these two years in a row that um, we camped. The banks were amazing. We just had incredible back-to-back swells out at Nazaré, and we pretty much skipped uni uh for a whole semester um just to, to be camping at the beach and getting waves and and that that made us that made our group a lot closer and 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 gave us a really good connection with a with the place um and also like the the quality of that of those beaches when the banks are on it's just there's like endless possibilities i'd say it's uh you can get the biggest wedge in 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 the world out there and and yeah, in terms of, but it's a hard work. It's always a hard work. So it always, it's a place that always keeps you humble, because you can get yes, you can get the wave of your life, but it's so hard to get it because it's so shifty and there's a lot of different peaks. Um, so it's 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 a very hard work. And whenever you think you're in command, she always uh, she can be mean to you sometimes.
1: <laughs> oh, so... dude! From the small amount of times I I got to surf it from. You know, we only had two to three foot days and we had a six foot day and then there was one day where me and Minnie had camp there uh-huh. and um, we woke up and there was a pretty solid swell running but they were having a comp and the swell was like 10 to 15 foot and they were getting washed up and down the beach. It was actually a, it was, it oh. was a, a little bit comical to watch because, not because they they weren't giving it the all. like hats off to the fellas who actually were paddling out for their heats but... Mm you could just tell there was there was no safe spot and there was a huge current and all this kind of stuff you know i, I realized there and then it's a serious wave and you no, always it know it's a serious wave but when you go out there and you feel what it has to offer and you're so right it constantly shows you who's boss there's some Yeah exactly out there. and trying to get back out sometimes man i just thought to myself my legs were blocks of concrete i was going nowhere <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a, it, it's it's a very physical wave, demanding. Um, and I, I don't know, it feels like it has a different density than any water out there. It's 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 different. I feel it's different out there. And it um, is for sure. But yeah, the 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 waves you can make out there if you if you're lucky, it's they can be they can change your life, I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: How many um it just still talking about Nazare, but m- more in a a um, on the tourism side. How many tourists have come up to you and ask you when the waves are coming?
0: Oh, <laughs> Well, you <laughs> lived it already for you to ask me that.
1: <laughs> oh, I did, man! But I want to hear it from you because I know you would have been you copped it a lot
0: more than I did, dude. It's it's funny. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. People kind of think that it, it works like a machine. So sometimes you're just like at the car park and you see this this car uh, rocking up with their families and they just come after you and they ask you, like, they look at the surfers and they say, Oh, so what time does the big wave comes? And you look at the ocean. It's like, it's two, three foot. And (laughs) I don't know. There's always the odd joke. Oh, so come by like at three o'clock. That's when the the, the big set is going to come. And, and yeah, like, it's, I don't know. It's yeah. Whenever I, I see people asking these kind of things, you can you can just realize how much uh, how how much media can uh, can influence people and how much lack of, of information it gives you sometimes as well. I don't know. It's it just doesn't transmit the whole reality of it. Um, and yeah, there's a bit of ignorance. I'd say.
1: <laughs> oh, dude! I have to agree with it. Uh, misinformation propaganda is rife. We just went through the last two and a half, three years of it. It's it's yeah, in it's insane. It's it's, it's yeah, insane. yeah, yeah, And also, to back to my point previously in the mm-hmm. podcast. That's what I was kind of getting at in regards to uh, people who are not uh, water savvy or mm-hmm. understand boogie and surfing at all. Really, you know, do have those preconceived ideas of just like. You turn up. It's scheduled. It's all good. there there it is, and they just go out and do it. They, they they don't understand the countless hours that you've got to put in just to be there at the right time, on the right the right tide, yeah. the right swell, the right wind. Studying all these weather charts, wanting to go backwards and forwards. Like you know, you you have to rearrange not just like your your schedule. Sometimes you have to mm. rearrange your partner's schedule your family schedule, everything exactly. in place just to get there for that swell, because you know there could be a good chance when everything comes mm-hmm. together that it could be some of the waves of your life. And and that's yeah. what a lot of those tourists and that don't understand. They just go and think they're just, they're just there willy-nilly and whatever, and those mm-hmm. waves are on tap. And it's it's an art form when those when those waves are breaking it's like at home when certain mm-hmm. slabs go off and you know they're perfect and and, exactly. and you're know back over your head and you go well we've only had 2 days of good waves out of this certain spot this year and in the mm-hmm. last decade i can probably count on one hand how many you know all-time sessions have gone down it it, it is worth dropping everything sometimes for these waves and just getting there and if it's at 3pm i'll be there I'll be the mm-hmm. bells on. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. I think um well, it's it's what you what are you mentioning? Like it's uh, it takes a bit of logistic. like uh especially when you're a grown-up, you have stuff to do. you, you your, your main focus is not to, you're not a kid anymore, so your main focus is not just about surfing. So yeah, all those kind of stress stresses of being a grown-up, they um, they fully, um, yeah, they fully have a part in this. And um, sorry, what was the main question? <laughs> I got a bit lost.
1: <laughs> no, no, man, I was going got off a on a tangent too. I was linking it back in with you know how these people from the outside world of you know on on the outer side of surfing yeah. and and the bodyboarding world just expect that these waves are going to be here and whatever mm-hmm. and, and blah 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 and yeah. don't no, but it's funny because.
0: Uh, it's it's funny i was just going to say that it's funny that um na- uh, for nazare nowadays for example they actually announce it on the news whenever there's a huge swell coming so on those main swells uh you can expect to see him on the news and that's why it, it also gets specially crowded on those days it's kind of like a football stadium
1: wow who would have yeah. thought like that wasn't it a, was it a was it a monk who was up in that monastery back a thousand odd years ago mm. up at the top of the cliff there
0: and I, I can't remember I never heard about that story a monk
1: <laughs> Oh maybe I'm just, I I I I got I got told one of those tourist stories who knows but <laughs> like you know can you imagine back in the day when say like a thousand years ago whenever that uh-huh. that um that what would you call it? Like a monastery, a, a temple? Ah,
0: no, a... I think there was a saint because um the 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 name of the fort is uh, São Miguel Arcanjo, so it's like a, oh, the name of a saint. Yeah,
1: sweet, sweet, sweet. I'm exactly. getting my facts mixed up for sure, then. But yeah, so yeah, you,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Imagine that saint back a, a thousand or so years ago, back in medieval times, just going, "Oh um, man, look at this!" Rocking place, up and seeing those those explosions.
0: Fort. Yeah, yeah,
1: and be like, "I oh, think," and then now thinking that it's just a main tourist attraction and people are getting announced on the news as to when you need to turn up there. It's, oh, times have changed.
0: Yeah, no, that beach was a desert a few years ago. I remember the first time um, I went there, I told my parents who took me there. I was kind of like 12 years old. And I remember asking my parents to take me there. And then we were like, I didn't know exactly where Praia do Norte was. So I remember like driving around town, uh, asking a few of those old ladies uh, how can I get access to the beach? And they were they were like uh, scaring my parents and telling them, oh, do you, you want to go to that beach? You, you shouldn't be careful because the waters there they're not they're not good for surfing. They're too dangerous. And <laughs> like telling all these cra- like scary stories. So my my parents were really skeptical about taking me there. And but yeah, looking back, it was funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah, funny <laughs> and obviously so untrue when you like look at all the amazing content and all the crazy waves you guys have surfed out there over the last couple of decades it's you yeah. know boundaries are there mm-hmm. to be broken yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: hectic well man um i just wanted to thank you antonio for this conversation we've we've um reached a good old hour mark and i don't want to cap these things but i gotta to go to work tomorrow man I've got to food <laughs> on the table
0: you know yeah, of course yeah. you got a kid to take care yeah, of. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, I know we're going backwards and forwards before this conversation started, but again I'll I apologize yeah. for holding you up. I just no, nah, it's all good, man. Are you kidding? Sleep, it's man. been
0: I can't I re- I can't believe like I we we haven't talked to each other like in like this um, since before Lenny was born. I so know, it's, it it was quite a while, man. Look look how time passes yeah and I, it's actually I'm, classic, I'm yeah. I owe you an apology for that.
1: <laughs> no, and me too, man. like it's always the 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 case you can blame it on like the time zone or you've got too much on, but
0: there's never yeah um, yeah yeah It's just you know. yeah, life happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, life happens. but let's make it happen no. more often and more frequently. Oh, it would be would be a
0: pleasure, man. would be a pleasure. Happy days, man and well,
1: thank you so much for coming on.
0: no I'm the one thanking you guys. Thank you so much for for this and for. For hearing me.
1: <laughs> no, I do. We wanted to speak to you straight off the bat. You were, you were high on the list of um, guests we wanted to get on. It's just oh, making the exciting. time and getting around to everyone. And there's such a cool scene over in Europe. And we, we want to hear more about it. Because, again, I've said this before. We're on a desert island here in Australia. And we've got some good waves and some good bodyboarders. But there's a whole world out there that um, that is just frothing mm. on bodyboarding. So we want to hear more about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's becoming a bit more global, this sport. I'd yeah, it. for sure. Yeah, we've, yeah, go, yeah.
1: we've gone in ebbs and flows. Like you know, I mentioned this before, and I think we all realise that we're in a little bit of a slump. But it's not mm-hmm. to say good things aren't happening, and there's and there's and there's progression moving forward all around the world. And and you know, even looking at the IBC recently, and going mm-hmm. to the Maldives and over in South Africa at the moment, and just making stuff happen, it's it's really cool to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Alright, right, bro. Thank you very much, man. It was lovely Ob- to hear you.
1: Yeah, it was lovely to hear you, too, man. <laughs> Obrigado.
0: Obrigado. <laughs> de nada, de nada. Cheers, <laughs> man. Hey, man. <laughs> It was all a pipe dream. Watching bodyboarding up on TV. Deep at reef, watching tension repeats. Eating bakery feeds at 18. Living the dream with no sunscreen. Yeah, we were so keen.